Welcome back to the Basement Boy Podcast. I'm your host, the Basement Boy himself, Kevin Z. This is episode number one, season number one. How are you doing? I'm recording this. It is February. It is nice and sunny outside. I think it's going to be balls cold, but that's okay. This is the Basement Boy Podcast. I hope at whatever time frame you're listening to this at, it is good weather and all that. We have a great show. Uh, If you don't know, since this is episode one, which why would you know? Uh, This is a uh, storytelling podcast where I ask uh, friends of mine, comics I know, musicians, regular people, normies, uh, to tell me interesting stories that they want. And today is no different. We have our first story guest on the show today. Me and him, we did a uh, show to get a show together here in Toronto uh, called Christmas Spirits. It took place right before Christmas, and it was all ghost stories. And the story that my guest Peter Fraser told was so scary, so good that when I had the idea for this podcast, I had to ask him first to be the inaugural guest on the show. So you're going to be listening to audio from that story and I believe that's it. Maybe we'll talk to him after. I don't know. This is the podcast. This is how it's going to go. Right? I don't know. I didn't ask him if he wants to talk, but maybe we will talk. Maybe I'll uh, hit him up on uh, Facebook and we'll arrange a date and time. Maybe he'll come back in a later episode. But um, yeah. So that's the rundown. That's the skinny of this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Hope you stick around. I'm probably losing listeners right now. They're all dropping off at this point. Like, get the podcast. Um, yikes. I gotta edit that out. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, so I'll start this, uh, podcast off. I just got, uh, back from, uh, New York, New York. That's right. I was in New York city, uh, visiting with my girlfriend. Uh, we were out there visiting her parents. They live in, uh, Brooklyn and that's where we were staying. And it was, it was a great, great time. Uh, one of the things that I've been dying to do absolutely dying to do is go visit the comedy cellar in uh, Greenwich Village so of course uh, my girlfriend's co-worker was in New York and we were talking and she was like hey I want to go see comedy it's my last day Saturday's my last day in New York or my last night Saturday's my last night in New York let's go watch comedy so uh, of course, it was uh, the president's birthday or whatever, <laughs> Trump's birthday, so we couldn't go, um, we couldn't get tickets because it was all sold out. However, uh, her and her fiance, they put their names down on the list. We got tickets uh, for the 11.55 show on a Sunday night, which was just a, one of the best shows I've seen, but uh, I could, I'll get to that later. So we're uh, at the Fat Black Pussycat Lounge. We're waiting for um, 
We're waiting for them to show up. They eventually show up. I'm like in shock and awe at this point. You know, I'm like, Ooh, what's going on? The, you can, there's a table there for comics. So I was like looking at trying to figure out uh, what comics were there. And then uh, eventually they decided that they wanted to go to the uh, original comedy cellar, the, the original room. So they go uh, to put their names on their list. And then we uh, decide to go drink at the Olive Tree Cafe. And wouldn't you know it that uh, my girlfriend's friend got a, a table right in the middle of the bar. And directly across from the comics table. And that was so sick. That was so sweet. Um, I may have looked a little crazy. I was, you know, trying to figure out who I recognized. I was like, is that, that's Ted Alexandro. Who's that guy? I know that guy from somewhere. I think I've seen him somewhere. Who is that? Who's that? Is that David Tell? That's David Tell. Greg Barnes? And so I was like... On the hunt, a little disengaged with our conversation, and kind of felt bad for that. But um, I got some. We talked a little bit. It was fun. Um, drank crappy American beer. <laughs> That's one thing I, I noticed about uh, the states is that in Toronto, every bar you go to, you can get craft beer, right? Like that's just our thing. Craft beer everywhere. But in the States, like, nobody has craft beer. You can either drink, you're either drinking Brooklyn Lager or, like, Coors Light Canadian, um, Labatt Blue, you know, just cocky player beers is what you're drinking. So there's no, uh, there's no craft beer, which kind of sucked. Uh, I had some Guinness, had some Blue Moon, a lot of Brooklyn Lager. So um, when I got back to Toronto, I was like, I got to get myself some some beer, beer. So we're so we're in the we're in the uh, Olive Tree Cafe. And eventually, because I have the bladder of a four year old when I'm drinking, I need to go to the washroom. And of course, you know, the washroom. So I'm looking around and I can't see the washroom. There's no signs. There's which I would have figured it was on that floor. But um. No, I flagged down the waitress. The waitress says, you know, go through that door, down the stairs, through the comedy cellar. So you have to walk across the show to go to the washroom. <sighs> so she gives me the key code for the door. So boop, 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 boop. I enter. I walk down. Instantly recognized. I know exactly, you know, the, those stairs. Like you see, if you've seen the show Louie. Uh, Louie is often walking down those stairs and it's so cool. So I'm like looking, trying to like look at all the the pictures of all the comics on the wall and I'm seeing like Ray Romano, Louis CK, like it was just Kevin Hart, Amy Schumer signed autographs too, right? Like clubs do little. So, uh, I go down, um, I see doors straight ahead, which I thought is that's where I was supposed to go. But then the, uh, bouncer and then another comic were there and he's like no no hey man go right across run right across there so i do and uh lo and behold uh dave attell is currently on stage 
killing, just leveling the room. He kind of looked a little pissed off when I looked over at him, but he was killing. So I was like, oh, fuck, I'd love to see that. So I go to the washroom. I quickly... I quickly use the use the laboratories and then I'm and then I am standing by the door with my ear pressed against the the door just listening to listening to the jokes and then eventually I had to go back upstairs and I was a little wasted so I wanted to just quickly like I was in starstruck struck right like I was just like this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. This is the coolest thing I'll ever see. So I wanted to quickly turn around and look at the comedy seller sign. And of course the bouncer was like, no, gotta go upstairs, ma'am. And so I did. I went back upstairs. David Tell finished his set. He came upstairs, which this was the coolest part too, is that David Tell took out a wad of paper. It was folded up in half a lengthwise. And it was maybe like it was a good it was a good amount of paper, and it was all his jokes and he sat down the table right beside us, and he took out his pen and started crossing out, making notes, editing his jokes as soon as he walked off stage and that was the coolest part of the whole trip, right like just watching David tell a comic I really look up, like appreciate that's how he works on his material. He gets off stage and then instantly when it's fresh and it just goes right to it. What a master. Um, so then, so then we're saying, so then that was where we had a drink. It was time for, uh, my girlfriend's friends to go line up for tickets. So we go outside, right? And, uh, we're, Standing there, and then there's this guy leaning on the light post. And my girlfriend's saying goodbye to her friends, and I look, and he's like, sup, man. And I look over, and he, I'm like, oh, sup. And I, like, do, do the up and down, like, check out what he's wearing. He had some sick Jordans on. <laughs> and um, he was like, got weed and coke, you want any? And I was like, nope! And so... So that was interesting. I've never experienced that in uh, Toronto ever. You know, people just standing on the corner being like, got weed, got coke, got weed, got coke, you want weed, want coke. And of course, when we walk through Greenwich Village, especially by the cellar, there is a shitload of uh, up-and-coming comics trying to get you into their shows. And I kind of wanted to do one of their shows. Um, Of course, you know, it was... 12 o'clock we wanted to go out for for a couple more drinks and then scoot back home sleep because we were both exhausted uh we flew in that day and we got to the airport our flight was not till six and i think we were there at four which was my fault because i was a little paranoid i thought we had to go through customs and all that but Eh, you live and learn. I didn't want, like, I don't, when I fly, I prefer not to be stressed out. Um, as my girlfriend found out on the flight home when they kept delaying us and delaying us and delaying us. And she's cool. She's like, I'll make it, I'll make it to work. It's fine. I don't need to take a personal day. I'm just like, 
freaking out I'm, for her. I'm freaking out for my girlfriend who is cool as a cucumber. She's like, I'll make it to work. And I'm like, I've, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Take a personal day. Take a pers personal day. Come on. Come on. And she was like, eventually, she was like, it's fine. You know, we'll, I'll get to work. You'll get to work. It'll be cool. So uh, eventually that Monday or Tuesday, we flew back. I get to work and my boss sitting in the back and she says, how is New York? By the way, what were you doing in Central Park on Tuesday at 2 p.m.? I was like, how did you know that? Right? Because I didn't use Instagram. I wasn't posting stories or anything like that. And she was like, well, a customer thought she saw you in the park. And he was like, who is that? Is that a celebrity? No, that can't be. Is that? No. Where did I know? Oh. The coffee shop. I get it. So, can't escape work. Even on vacation, somebody's going to find you. In my case, anyways, I'm a huge celebrity there. Not really. I'm the only guy there, so it makes sense. But yeah, that was uh, New York in a little bit of a nutshell. I am just full of oh, good food, shitty beer, some gin, some tonic, all of that jazz i am i am so happy to be home oh but um so this actually so when we were in central park right the day the plan there was to go to central park <clears throat> go to central park uh then go to shake shack and there was a shake shack just past uh the park a little bit like a block or two by the natural history museum so i'm like cool let's do the park we'll go we'll go see the john lennon uh memorial which i thought that's where he was shot but apparently it's right outside of his apartment uh near near the park which um i'm pretty sure we walked by it to be honest i think we walked by that building but so we're at uh central park Walked all the way to the Natural History Museum, all the way to the Shake Shack, only to realize that it is closed. It is going through renovations. Oh, I was so hungry. I was like gonna lose it. I, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? This is no. So eventually, we went to Starbucks, uh, used the washroom, got into the train, and then eventually hit another Shake Shack more in the area that we were going to. So I was happy about that. Uh, but Shake Shack, man, I want them to come to Toronto so bad. The food, the fries were whatever, to be honest. Like, if that's your quality of fries, and you're like, oh, the fries are the best. You're an idiot. You don't understand fries. Because, <laughs> like... They're okay. they they were like McCain microwavable fries. We got cheese fries too, and the cheese was just so, you know, let it was so gross. The cheese was like so 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 gross. So we get, but the burger. All right, now the burger was excellent. 
the burger made up for the hype. Bar none, the burger was the best thing I have ever had. Best burger. And I noticed something weird. Now, I don't know if this is just Canadian or if this is something in America, but um, the Shake Shack we had, the burgers were slightly raw. Like, they were medium rare, I guess. They were slightly rare. Whereas in Canada, like, if you go get a burger, that's unheard of. Especially from a fast food restaurant. If it's a sit-down restaurant and they may ask you how you like your burger, then you can tell them. But, like, at a fast food restaurant in America, or it was medium rare, and I thought that was really interesting. Woo! All right, so that was all my uh, New York material. New York, New York, it's a hell of a town. It was a really great time. Uh, the people the people were lovely. Um, more so in Brooklyn, Manhattan. Everybody was kind of a dick. Kind of getting shouldered all the time. Did not like that. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to go back. I told my girlfriend I want to go back in like less than six months. Uh, in the summertime, hopefully, if it can line up, or maybe even in the fall, you know, but we'll see, I want to go for a little bit longer too, but uh, who knows, who knows what will happen, because I am starting a new job, so I get two weeks vacation, and I need to plan accordingly, <laughs> yikes, anyways, so, without further ado, uh, like I said, right off the top, this is a storytelling show, so I have one of my comedy friends, Peter Frazier, give me permission to use his story in this podcast, and you're going to hear it, hear it now. This is Peter Frazier, live at Comedy Bar, uh, December 23rd, 2019. Reciting his ghost ghost story. Enjoy. Hey guys. Um, Merry Christmas. I'm spooky. <laughs> I'm a, a well-adjusted individual uh, now, um, I think. The truth is, uh, since I was young, till about the age of 30, I think I, I, think I have seen many fully formed apparitions, many ghosts, many spooky goings-on, many specters, many spirits. Uh, I'm not going to tell you about any of those. Uh, strange. You know, uh, I'm going to tell you about uh, something that, that really happened. Because I was thinking about what the, the paranormal is. Um, first of all, why do they have normal in the word? <laughs> it's mostly para. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you something that, uh, that actually happened, but I understood to be paranormal. Um, you will probably come to understand that it's about actual people. So I just want to make sure uh, I tell you 
Uh, I'm not ascribing anything to anyone, and I'm certainly not making fun of anyone, uh, but I want to tell you something that terrifying, I think, that happened to me, and how I understood it, and how everyone around me felt when they saw it, if that's fair. Um, I was in high school, believe it or not, graduated. Um, most of my friends were from Western Ontario. It's in Toronto, but it was a small town before. Uh, we'd hang out in a park uh, by the Humber River Valley called Crookshank Park. Giant ravines on every side. This is a very good place to hang out, uh, to smoke weed. <laughs> you can see the police coming a mile away. <laughs> and then you would run, and they would never catch you. It seemed like they weren't very interested in catching us. So we'd always go down there in a, a larger group, because it was also Weston. So if you were to run into anyone, three is probably not enough. <laughs> you need four or five, six. This particular night was a weeknight. We had just been back at school for a couple of weeks. There was about seven of us. Um, there was no one else around the neighborhood. To get into the park, you can't do it by accident. You have to either be thrown down the ravine, <laughs> which has happened, and you're only there if you're smoking weed or dumping a body, or both. <laughs> we were good boys, and we weren't dumping a body. Um, so we were sitting around uh, somewhere in the park. Uh, it's a forested area, almost. There's a clearing. We were sitting there um, smoking weed, okay? Which was very illegal then. Um, when in the distance, we noticed there was someone standing there. And uh, she didn't approach us, but she stood on the edge, sort of like maybe where those candles are back there. Um, and she was just staring at us. And we all looked at her, and we got really quiet. It was an old woman, dressed all in white, long, kind of white, stringy hair. She was just looking at us. And then she said to us, Have you seen my husband? We all got really quiet and looked at her, and none of us wanted to talk. And she said it again, Where's my husband? We thought, this is very strange, but not so strange for Weston. <laughs> Many a husband has gone missing. <laughs> Many people looking for their husbands. If you're looking for your husband tonight, check Weston. <laughs> she was, there was something really strange about her, and... I was scared immediately, and looking around my friends, who were nice boys, but very tough. I mean, there we were, smoking weed in Weston, pretty gangster. <laughs> they were scared too, and none of us wanted to talk back to her or say anything to her. We just wanted her to leave. So she stood there just staring at us, breathing. And all of us were very quiet, just looking at us, as if, if we stayed quiet, she, she would no longer talk to us. Just the, the statues, basically. And she did go away. And then the first thing any of us said was, what if she comes back? <laughs> For no reason, we were so terrified of the prospect of this old woman coming back. Um, and I was thinking, I'm glad I'm not sitting sort of on the other side where I was, because I don't want my back to this woman. And I wanted to leave. I was very creeped out. Um, so she came back. Um, she stood a good distance away from us again, and she asked for her husband again. Have you seen my husband? And this time, uh, my friend Ali said to her, I think your husband's six feet under. 
And all of us looked at him like, shut the fuck up. Don't do this. And immediately she engaged him, said no, no, no. Started walking towards him. Um, he got up and one of us said, Ali, chill out. And as soon as she heard his name, it was almost as if she was excited to know his name and her eyes became bright. They were like a bluish silver. She looked very demented. And she raised her arm to him and pointed at his chest and said, Ali, Ali, Ali. And as soon as she did this, he knocked her arm down, which really, now we, I think we were all scared that um, Ali was going to kill a woman <laughs> in Weston. Um, so that added that to the night. Uh, and, and immediately he began to uh, speak to her in, in Arabic and yell at her. And when he did that, she went absolutely bananas and uh, freaked out and started going, <laughs> All of us uh, seven teens were so scared. And one of us said, let's just get out of here. Let's just get out of here. Let's just get out of here. And then almost my impression of it, she stood on one leg and began to shake violently and, and looking at us. And this was a frail old woman. The sense I got from it looking at her was that uh, her, she was, to me, she was communicating, you didn't think I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> but I can. And if I can do this, I can do so much more. <laughs> and we left her. We got up and left, and she continued to stand on one leg, growling at us. <laughs> and the last thing she said to us was, You'll meet others! Which really scared the hell out of me. So Ali and I took the bus home together. Uh, I lived near Kipling, he lived near Martin Grove. And he said to me, What do you think she meant by, We'll meet others? And I knew, I knew what she meant. We were going to be perpetually haunted by demons for the rest of our life. Absolutely clear. And then I asked him what he had said to her. And he told me it was a, a Muslim prayer against the devil. Which I didn't like too much. Uh, her reaction in hindsight is... Two weeks later, Ali paged me at a pager. <laughs> he asked me to come over to his house, and I did. And we sat in the garage, and he was crying. And I asked him why, and it was because his little brother had just been killed on Martin Grove Road. He was on his bicycle, and he was hit by a car. The car was driven by an old woman who shouldn't have been on the road. She had a neck brace on, and he was killed instantly. He showed me um, a drawing from his brother's art class, and it was him lying on the road, his bicycle broken and blood coming out of his head, and a, a light shining up into the sky. And I always thought at that point that somehow that was somehow connected. Um, it was not a very good year, but that is a story about how an old woman chased eight very good boys 
out of Crookshank Park in Weston. <laughs> Thank you very much.